travel creates bonds like nothing else. Even now, in these times of hardship, our incredible community are reaching out beyond their borders, dreaming, reminiscing, and giving each other hope. I'm David Calderon, and you're listening to Out of Office, Unusual Circumstances, powered by Contiki. This podcast is about travel, but it's also about community, solidarity, and supporting mental health. Travel is just a thread that binds us. Travelers are storytellers. Each dream of a new destination, every adventure, is just about writing the next chapter of the story. And yes, we have to accept that we have to put the book down temporarily. But what does a community of travelers do in a world without travel? We continue to tell stories. Unsurprisingly, the current worldwide pandemic is having a negative effect on our mental health. The World Health Organization has acknowledged that the crisis is causing our stress levels to soar, while Movember-funded research has found that male suicide is strongly linked to unemployment, social isolation, financial hardship, and relationship breakdown. As a result of the pandemic, these factors are already here or are on the horizon for huge numbers of men. In today's episode, I'm going to be talking to some experts who can offer some practical advice on how we can help ourselves and others during this time. I'll be welcoming Dr. Zach Seidler, a clinical psychologist and Movember's Director of Mental Health Training based in Melbourne. But firstly, let's meet Andrew Newman, a Movember ambassador based in New York. Hi, Andrew, and welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, David, for having me. I uh, really appreciate it and am extremely grateful for this opportunity. No, glad to have you on. We were just talking a little bit earlier. So you're based in New York, but right now you're not in New York. Where are you at? So for the last eight weeks, I've had the amazing opportunity to spend some time with my family. Uh, I've got a relatively large family. I've got uh, uh, two brothers, a sister, um, and there's been about eight of us uh, quarantined in a house. Uh, my girlfriend, uh, my two brothers, uh, my sister-in-law, and, and my parents. So it's been a, a very unique experience. A full house. Uh, yes, to say the least. It's been amazing, though. We like to start the podcast with a bit of an icebreaker question. So for you, what has been kind of one new thing or a new skill you've learned while in lockdown? Prior to lockdown, a lot of people, um, you know, respect or respect individuals for for their capabilities, right? And I think through this experience, um, what I've learned is not just to respect people for their capabilities, but also to respect people for, you know, maybe their shortcomings and that there's so much positivity and, and so much that can be learned through looking at thing through, things through different lenses. Um, and so that's kind of one thing that I've really learned. So let's start off by telling our listeners a little bit about yourself. Lived kind of a little bit all over the place. I grew up in New Jersey. After college, I moved to Israel, lived there for about a year, worked for a, a private equity fund that invests in real estate. For the last four and a half years, I have been working for WeWork. Now, along this journey, you started working with the charity Movember. How did you come about to start working with them? Yeah, it's, it's actually a great question. I've always kind of worked with various charities over the years. You know, I, I always liked giving back. Two years ago, so this is my second year as a MoBro, I walked into work after Halloween. And I walked in and I saw one of my colleagues was sporting a mustache. I was like, what were you for Halloween? And he was like, you know, actually um, it's November now and 
I'm not sure if you're familiar with the Movember Foundation, and he really started to dig into what the Movember Foundation does and how they are taking such a multifaceted approach to mental health and driving awareness, whether it's testicular cancer, prostate cancer, mental health. And for me, it struck a chord. And the reason why that is is because, um, you know, when I was a sophomore in college, my father committed suicide, right? And I was extremely close with my dad. I think at the time, I didn't realize how many people in this world deal with mental health challenges day in and day out. And this silly ideology that men have kind of driven in their brain is like, you always got to be a man, right? And they're afraid to speak out or talk to that friend or talk to that mentor or talk to anyone about how they're feeling. I've been through that personally and seen what mental illness can do to someone. And he seems so fine all the time. He was the, the most joyous person at a party. He's the most sociable person, but no one knew what he was going through here. And so for me, it's all about how do we spread this message that mental illness is real. Mental health can be solved through conversations. If you're feeling something, talk about it. It's a very emotional story. Like obviously the death of a parent that strikes a chord in like anyone, but you've taken it to a point where you are like proactively now using this to help other people, you know, and possibly to also spare them the suffering. So I think that is a very good thing. That's something that your father would definitely be proud of. And thank you for sharing that. How have you kind of like used this with your work with Movember? Like what work are you doing with them? Yeah. So obviously we work, um, we have, you know, a good amount of space. And so during November, at least last year, what we did was we, um, you know, did a lot of events in our spaces, um, whether it was shave downs to kick off our, uh, our Movember celebrations to make sure everyone was either clean shaven or starting with a mustache. And so we've got a pretty, pretty big team uh, across uh, our organization. And, and I've got a lot of friends and family who, you know, either donate or participate both Mo Bros and Mo Sisters, it, it, you know, it doesn't matter on gender. You can always participate. Um, so uh, last, I guess over the last two years, our team has raised about almost about $100,000. With everything that you've kind of like gone through in your life, how has the support from your friends, your community and your peers gotten you through the toughest times? It may sound cliche. The best thing that anyone can do from a support perspective is picking up the phone. People forget how powerful hearing someone's voice compared to seeing a text can be, or seeing someone's face on a FaceTime, or seeing someone's face on a Zoom. The sound of someone's voice, someone's body language, it really allows you to experience like a 4D perspective than just a text. When I look towards support and looking at friends and work and peers and, and how to best support someone, it's pick up the phone, have a conversation, FaceTime them. Maybe you can't touch them, but you can see their face, you can see their eyes. And it just really gives you a unique experience compared to just texting. And I think it's one of those things that people kind of forget because it's so easy to do. And it's like essentially what phones were made for to begin with, you know, to call people. And I feel it's one of the 
least uses people use it for now. It's like, you know, scouring the internet, scouring social media, sending texts, you know, people forget it's actually a phone still. And try not to use social media as much. In life, there are milestones. Through COVID, milestones don't stop. Whether it's my aunt and uncle turning 60, which is happening, or Passover, or other religious holidays, Easter, these things still need to happen, and how you connect with them is, is your prerogative. And, and what we've been trying to do is, you know, do it over Zoom, because that's what you can do. We typically have like somewhere from like at least 50 people during for Passover at, you know, my uncle's house or my, or my mom's house. Obviously, you can't have 50 people during this pandemic at your house, but you can do it virtually. You can fit 50 people on a Zoom call, and it's, it's really about making sure those milestones are celebrated you know, appreciate the people in your life more and just celebrate everything. What have your experiences and learnings been during this extraordinary time we are in right now? Like I said, my brother is a Marine and him and I have been running a lot. My sister is a trainer. She teaches CrossFit classes and she's been doing workouts for the team that I'm on at WeWork. Literally, you have no excuse to not be working out now. <laughs> yeah. And also my mom has also created a, a puzzle bank. A lot of the neighbors are doing puzzles. And so everyone is trading puzzles. So she essentially has like a puzzle library that people can come over, borrow a puzzle, people trade puzzles. I could not even tell you the last time I've done a puzzle. I probably should get a puzzle right now. I have the time. You do, you do. <laughs> Now, do you have any other advice, any tips, any tricks to give our listeners to get them through lockdown whilst they are probably away from their loved ones? I think this is a very underestimated piece of advice. I think that positivity is so key. Energy and enthusiasm in life through this journey, you only have control over so much. We don't have control over COVID. We don't have control over how the government is going to be mandating certain things. What we can control is we can control our own emotions. We can control how we connect with people. We can control celebrating everything. I think that it's important that through all of it, positivity is such an important piece of mental health. Um, and also I think that another piece is just like, keep your body moving. You know, if you wake up and, and you're feeling down, move your body. And once you move your body, your, your mental psyche kind of almost like resets. And if you're really down, pick up the phone and connect with someone. If you have a mentor or you speak to a therapist, whoever it may be, talk to someone you trust. They might be feeling the same exact way. And if you connect on that level, you guys can talk it through and, and, and speaking about it instead of having it stuck here you know yeah and that's kind of like one of like the key underlying themes is like not keeping it bottled in like speaking about it speaking about your feelings you know and not worried how people might react to that reaching out to people and just letting them know either that you're there for them or that you are in need of like some kind of support it's okay to be asked for support from your friends or from your family yeah absolutely egos should be thrown out the window through this time be humble like, it's okay to ask for help. It really is. No, it's true. Yeah, we're, we're all human. And and we're all in this together. Now, why do you think right now it is so important for us to remember our good times, our past travel adventures, and the friends that we've made along the way? I think that through all of these experiences over the past eight weeks, 
we have to remember that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Because there's a light at the end of the tunnel, we should always remember what normal or what the possible new normal will look like. We have to stay positive that they will either find a cure or some way to mitigate the symptoms. And we have to remember what it's like to travel. We have to remember what it's like to be with our friends, what it's like to be in a bar, what it's like to go to the movies, to see a concert, those things are not gonna like overnight disappear because of this pandemic. It's important that we remember what that light will be like. Do you have any trips planned? What's your 2021 looking like? Where would you like to go? Got a couple buddies who have also been quarantined. We have a group of us, we're driving down to Charleston, South Carolina, and we are renting a beach house for a couple of weeks. So that'll be great just to go to the beach, uh, unwind a little bit, take some time off, uh, that's another piece of advice. Take your time off, whether it's just not working in your house or taking a drive somewhere and renting an Airbnb or whatever it may be. It's really important for your mental health to take your days off. Pre-COVID, my girlfriend and I, she was planning on going to Bali. And so our thought is we're going to go to somewhere in Southeast Asia. We're thinking like Thailand, Philippines. I'm also dying to go to Japan. Japan is amazing. I went for three weeks and I love Japan. Thailand is also super fun. If you've never been, I went to Bangkok and Phuket. The temples in Thailand, the shrines in Japan, everything is so beautiful. I literally cannot recommend those two places anymore. They are amazing places to go see. Yeah, I've heard amazing things. That's our plan. And we're hoping to get out to Southeast Asia and, and we'll kind of see what happens with, with, with everything. I think that's the light at the end of our tunnel. Um, what's the light at the end of your tunnel? What are you looking forward to? So for me, as like you, if I can just make it to a beach, even if everything's, if all the like, beach clubs are closed, even if all the restaurants aren't like open, if I could just chill at a beach and be out of my flat and have just a change of scenery, you know, I, I would consider that a 100% win. Me, you and me both. Now, before I let you go, I have one last question. So we just want to finish the podcast by asking all our guests to give their top three creative ways to stay connected to loved ones during this time. Smile with your voice. And what I mean by that is when you're wearing a mask, no one can see your teeth. Smile with your voice when you speak to people and, and they'll, it'll touch them in, in their heart. Reach out to one person a day who you may have lost touch with. Just connect, see how they're doing and think about what's next. Dream about what's next. And try to connect as much as possible with friends, family, loved ones. Staying positive keeps you on that track to look on the bright side. And I think that's really, really important, especially during this time right now to, like you said earlier, focus on the things you can control and stay positive and just know that it's not going to be like this forever. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Andrew. It's been great chatting to you today. Thank you so much, David. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for allowing me to tell my story. No, we appreciate having you and keep doing the good work. We appreciate it too. Now we're saying hello to our next guest, Dr. Zach Seidler. Welcome to the podcast, Zach. Thanks for having me, David. No worries. So where are you? Where are we talking to you from right now? So I'm in Sydney at the moment, but uh, I'm typically based in Melbourne, but I'm stuck with my extended family in Sydney trying to not kill each other, which is lovely. <laughs> Surviving lockdown with the family, the best. Well, let's start with a little icebreaker question that I'm asking all our guests. What's one new thing or skill that you've learned while in lockdown? Mm, thing or skill. That's a good idea. Um, I have been playing endless ping pong. Um, it's something that is now very dear to my heart, table tennis. Um, and I've been challenging all of my siblings. My mum suddenly decided that she wants to play as well. So um, that's definitely 
my my favorite thing about lockdown that I've got to have to have some time to play. So you've worked with Movember for a while now. Can you tell us a little bit about that and a little bit about yourself? For sure. So I've been at Movember since around the middle of last year, 2019. So I'm a clinical psychologist um, and a researcher and an academic in the men's mental health space. So Movember was a natural fit for me in many ways. I'm really interested in, in masculinity and why men act the way that they do, why, you know, depression and anxiety rates are the way that they are in men and and how mental health, I guess, manifests in lots of guys. What has kind of been your experience with lockdown right now? There've been lots of ups and downs. I've been reflecting on the privileges that I have and the opportunity that I now have. At first, there was a lot of teething and and fighting um, because that was naturally going to take place. And now it's more of just a, how can we get the most out of this? Now, with all the, you know, the big term social distancing, that's kind of the the words that are constantly being thrown out with everything going on with COVID-19. You prefer the term physical distancing rather than social distancing. Why is this? Social distancing implies the idea that you are not socializing, that you're not connecting with people. At Movember, we're really extremely passionate about the idea of keeping in touch with friends, um, connecting with your loved ones, because they're the ones who are actually going to keep you going at this time. You know, obesity and smoking pale in comparison to social isolation when it comes to life expectancy. Social isolation hurts. It hurts in all the all the wrong places. It um, it has really long lasting impacts, and so we really did not want to push the social distancing line on this um, because we think it's wrong. If anything, this is a time for greater connection than ever before. We've found the ability to reach out to people that you haven't in a really long time. I've been scrolling through WhatsApp trying to find random groups and then you know revive them from the dead. It's been awesome, and I've been able to connect uh, with you know old school friends. I'm trying to diversify and and take something from this rather than um, you know lose connection and lose friends because that's going to have dire consequences. I mean, you're fortunate because you have this time right now to kind of like stay. You're with your household. You're with your family. But some people aren't as fortunate. There's a lot of people out there in the world that are actually by themselves in their flats or their apartments or what have not. How can we help family members or friends? feel less alone if they're isolating by themselves. It's difficult because you don't have that, you know, you can call whoever you want, but you don't have that ability to just bounce off people in your everyday life. They might go a whole day, a whole week without talking to anyone. um, And that's really devastating. So I think that the key here, if you know that someone is physically distancing on their own, we need to find a ritual, I guess, to bring them into your life. And that means checking in on them regularly so that they have something to look forward to as well. This is a great time to move past awkwardness. We can talk about our deepest, darkest secrets, if anything, at the moment. I think that's actually like a really good point that you brought up, the whole having those established friendships kind of like grow on like kind of like a deeper level. I think it's so important right now that you do think about your friends or your family that are alone and you make that extra effort to be proactive and reach out to them. Because a lot of the times I feel maybe some people feel like they don't want to necessarily reach out because they don't want to feel like they're a burden. I know. And and just saying that it's advantageous for you as well. You're checking in on them because they're checking in on you. It's a, it's a reciprocal relationship. And I think that sharing your own experience and your own stories, no matter if it's better or worse than theirs, um, is going to make it feel like it's an actual conversation, not just you checking up on them, if that makes sense. 
So what can we do when a friend has gone quiet on messages and they've completely disappeared off social media? I think what we need to do is expand the circle. Asking one of their family members or another mate if they have connected with the person and, and if not trying to create a group <laughs> to try to uh, reach out to this person one way or another. I'm pretty relentless as a friend and as a psychologist and I think that that's my modus operandi. I think it's useful to try to push through that awkwardness or that uncertainty and just go, I'm going to be here no matter what and, and you're going to know that. I think being relentless and you know writing written letters to them, I think that's beautiful. I've been seeing that taking place at the moment. No, that's actually very good advice. I like the handwritten letters. Maybe it's because I have really nice penmanship, but I actually like writing notes and stuff. No one has said penmanship for like <laughs> three I, decades. Good on you. I used to have the worst penmanship ever and I went to a Catholic school and I just remember like the nuns beating it into me. Like, you know, you have to write nicer. Wow. I expect a written letter. Send you one right away. In November, you guys have a five-a-day challenge. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? For sure. So the five-a-day challenge is, is pretty easy. It just says, all right, you've got 24 hours in the day. Put aside five minutes and you just scroll through your contact list and just give someone a call. I think that if we can put aside that time in our calendar that just says call a friend, call a mate, check in on them, and just having that five, five minutes to just reconnect because it's going to re really do a, a world of good for you too. So this is one of those things that I have been not the best at because I don't know where this comes from, but I am one of those people that hates talking on the phone. I just don't understand. It's just innately in me. And I, I don't know how to explain it. I, I've thought about it like, where does this stem from? I just don't enjoy it. I think that there are lots of people who don't like the phone. And so whether it's doing FaceTime instead or doing... Um, even just sending people memes, you know, just as a reminder, I'm here and I hear you and I see you and I know what you like laughing at. So here, enjoy this. Now, what would be some of the tips that you have for finding that, that right balance between looking after yourself and for others? Mm. I think that we always should start with checking in with ourselves, really starting with self-care um, first and foremost, because we can give all of ourselves to everyone else, um, but we actually end up being pretty crappy friends if we're exhausted ourselves um so making sure the self-care comes first and that goes from you know people having baths and people cooking that's that's calming to them people playing piano learning new skills doing something for yourself and then after that once you felt you know enlivened and enriched sharing that with with the world and the people around you now you've talked about how in scenarios, how men feel more comfortable being shoulder to shoulder, rather face to face. Can you go into a little more detail about what you mean by that? So guys are kind of socialized. We're brought up in many ways to uh, be supporting one another instrumentally. That means like through action. So if it's going and kicking a ball in the park or it's being at the pub and having a drink or it's, you know, sitting at a cafe and, and eating, we're always doing something with our with our hands often while talking with one another and and so there's this idea of being shoulder to shoulder and building together i guess uh, metaphorically uh towards something so that we can look after one another rather than that stereotypical let's sit across from one another or just walk for hours on end and just you know shoot the shit and just talk openly that's not the stereotype we're hoping uh, that this situation is showing that men are capable of this stuff, that men are capable of having these types of conversations face-to-face -face or Zoom-to-Zoom, I guess. And uh, 
we can actually break down that stereotype and that stigma around just being emotionally and communicatively, you know, supportive rather than I need to do something right now. We know what to do. We have the language. We just need to push through and do it. Yeah. So it's more about literally just having the conversation, having that emotional openness versus to do that, we need to be doing something else. So it's not technically about sharing our emotions, but it is. Exactly. It's like, I have something to say. Let's go and play pool. Now with Movember, what resources are available if you or a loved one are really struggling right now? So we've got a new product out at the moment actually called Movember Conversations. It's a really cool online like text simulator, which walks you through if you're having a difficult time talking to a man in your life. Uh, we walk through a couple situations, scenarios, I guess, where there's a dad at home who's really struggling with all of this job and family situation or there's someone who's really socially isolated and it tells you the do's and don'ts I guess around having conversations that are going to be meaningful and open-ended rather than these closed you know really short and brief conversations which don't lead to uh, much change gets you into the mind of of the guy and tries to show you the ins and outs of meaningful conversation. I recommend that if, if that's what you're struggling with. But when it comes to the pointy end of things, um, always, you know, calling your mates and checking in on them. But when things start to get a bit dire and you're very unsure, as I said, expanding the circle and making sure that you get another people, you know, another few people in uh, involved to help out and then um, connecting them with services is always going to be useful. Um, right now, it's it's prime time for, for mental health issues. Um, everyone is going through a bit of uncertainty and anxiety. You're not alone. And um, I would recommend, you know, if you're in crisis, always calling up a crisis line in, in whatever country you're in or going to your family doctor and having a chat and just trying to get a, um, a sense of what your options are because it's the bravest, most courageous thing you can do is, is have a chat and be open about this stuff. Right now, there's a kind of this big movement of kind of like you know like positive reflection what is this power of positive reflection and nostalgia that's happening right now i love it i've been listening to like so much destiny's child but, uh, <laughs> any specific song <laughs> oh, just just all of it I, I i'm finding that uh i'm going through like full albums of random things from my childhood so we've got a record player here as well so i've been listening to like james taylor and carol king because my mom was all about it and it's just taking me back so I think that leaning into that is really important and um, rather than distracting yourself from things that you may have not dealt with I guess also previously it's a very easy time to distract right now but in fact trying to find some time for reflection and silence might be useful guys are really good at just finding things to do I need to build this thing I need to go and you know fix the shed I need to go and do this it's it's maybe time to build on your relationships and your self-insight, um, because you'll come out much stronger on the other side. Um, and nostalgia and, you know, reflecting back on things that you've done, it's not a time for, for guilt or shame. It's a time for growth. There is um, something positive coming out of this. And whether it's the ability to plan for your future, to think it through, to uh, visualize it and actualize it by putting plans in place, or it's more time with your family, or it's learning to cook, or it's the smallest of things, you know, um, that is the thing that is going to get you through the uncertainty. Realizing what you can and cannot control is essential. And we need to, as difficult as it is, let the uncontrollable sit and just let it let it go. And uh, 
everything around it go go crazy on on the rest of the things that you can control and build up as much as much resilience and as many skills and as much self-reflection and planning all your holidays and Kentucky tours you know it's gonna be great literally every friend who i've talked to now has their next trip planned i'm guessing it's sometime in 2021 but i know where i'm going <laughs> and it's gonna happen it's gonna happen how good is that i love it i think yeah people are aware that the uh there's no better time than the, than the present to, to start to get, get into things. So rather than I'm going to do this in five years time, we're moving our timelines forward. And I love that. Why do you think it's important for us to remember the good times, our past travel adventures and the friends that we've made along the way? That's what keeps us afloat. That's what life is all about. That's what, you know, our shared humanity is everything that uh, keeps us going. So while everything may be crumbling around you and it might feel like you're down in the dumps. Um, the ability for you to focus on things that were really enjoyable are actually, regardless of what's happening around you, you can change your mentality if that makes sense. So the situation and what is uncontrollable is the way that it is for now. Um, and that will change, thankfully. But that aside, you know, getting in the bath every night and thinking about your last holiday or the future holiday, um, you know, you deserve that. It's it's not even a matter of like, don't punish yourself even more than the situation um, asks for. Uh, thinking about the awesome memories you've had with your friends and then giving them a call and, and you know, nostalgically um, going back through them. I've started going through some notes that I made um, on my phone while I was in Canada last year with one of my friends. And then I just called him up and we we just laughed for half an hour about the dumb shit that I did. You know, it's just like, that's what, it, that's what it's all about. So connect, check in and enjoy what you can right now. Don't, don't avoid it. Now you did one of the Contiki tours. Where did you go? And what did it teach you about the friends that you make like around the world? And how has it been for you trying to keep in touch with everyone? Yeah. So I went through England, Ireland, Wales, Scotland situation. Um, and I met, lots of Norwegians, but I had, a, I had a great time. I was, I was much younger than I am now, but it was like, it was one of my first opportunities traveling on my own. And I found a sense of independence and that ability to like break out of my shell um, and work out my identity and who I wanted to be and who I wanted to, to hang out with. And I made some awesome memories and awesome friends. I haven't gone to Norway yet to meet them, but it is definitely still on my list, even though it was a couple of years ago now. It's just, it sticks with you, you know? And you can also see them as markers of your growth, um, these types of holidays. So I had the best time and I, I cannot wait to get back out there. I just want to say thank you again for joining us on the podcast today. It was really nice speaking with you and your advice and your tips on reaching out to family and friends definitely has me thinking about ways that I can be more proactive in supporting my friends and family because I know that's something I, in myself that I should be doing more. But before I let you go, I have one last question. We're finishing off the podcast by asking all our guests to give their top three creative ways to stay connected to loved ones during this time. What would be your three creative ways? Well, now that we've spoken about penmanship, I'm going to talk about <laughs> it I've cheated, but we're going to go with we're going to go with um, written letters. Definitely, um, I've also been um, creating zoom links and them not knowing that i'm gonna come which has been heaps of fun so i just pop up five minutes later so it's between two other friends and then i'm just like i'm just gonna drop in here and i'm often wearing a dumb hat 
and have a funny background on. So just random laughs where you can. I think the time for humor and banter is definitely um, is right now. Um, so that's that's definitely enjoyable. And then third, when it comes to ways to connect with friends, well, I know that in uh, various parts of the world right now, you can um, go out and see one person. But go and, go and see someone. I know that it's scary and I know that it seems kind of maybe early or, or, or unusual because it's been quite a while, but we've got to break through that, that angst and move towards um, getting back to normal, I guess, in, in many ways. It'll take time, but it's going to feel damn good. I mean, I'm definitely ready to expand my social bubble. It needs expansion. <laughs> we, we have. We're best mates. Look at this. We've had a great time. And you will get that handwritten letter and you will see why people say my penmanship is amazing. You just wait. <laughs> I cannot wait. I'll be standing by the door. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Zach. It's been a pleasure. You take care of yourself. Thank you very much. See you next time. That's it for today's episode of Out of Office, powered by Contiki. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on our next episode. I'm going to be learning all about meditation, and I'm even going to have a guided meditation just for you to follow along at home. I'll see you then.